welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. I'm your host, Camille. And today I am joined by my good friend, Callie Younger. She, she writes for the blog, Hallmark's Dispatch. Really funny. Very, very funny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she cracks me up every time I read it. And most of the time I agree with her. That's good. <laughs> My question, but I do want to know, like, what made you want to start that blog kind of thing? So, you know, my family and I, we are always just texting each other about the Hallmark movies. We're going, did you see this? And, you know, I always have some kind of, like, smart out comment first everything. So um, I was like, you know, I'm just going to write about these. I'm watching them all. And I'm you know, finding them amusing. And, and my siblings and my husband were like, you should just, you know, do a recap because we're tired of you just texting us, first of all. Like, you know, <laughs> make other people listen to your nonsense. So um, yeah, so it just, I started doing it a couple years ago and I've just had a lot of fun, you know, being stupid and, and making myself laugh. So <laughs> This week is going to be an emotional week for both of us. Yes. Why in the second movie? But let's lighten it up a little bit before we get all emotional. (laughs) Good. (laughs) The first movie we're going to be talking about is Judge of Red Miracle. And it stars John Michael Ecker, who is a hottie. Yes. Where has he been? <laughs> I know. I know. He is, he was great. <laughs> the whole time in the movie, watching the movie, I was like, where has this guy been hiding? How come I has never gotten him? Yes. Um, what? A, like, seriously, our lives are, will never be the same. I know. <laughs> oh. And I Googled him because oh, really? how old is he? Because I was thinking to myself, like, he's cute, but he may be too young for me. So I'm oh, really? like, I got the Oh my gosh. Oh, really? Yes. And I was like, he's older than me. Wow, he looks good. I thought he was a lot younger. Same here. I thought he was like in his late 20s, mm-hmm. early 20s or whatever. So I was like, oh. He looks good. So we need to see him at Hallmark. We need his skincare routine. We need, yeah, all of that. <laughs> we, we just need someone to make gifs of all of his facial reactions. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's so hilarious because he just drops little lines here and there. Where yeah. I like, love you. Yeah, you have to really be like listening with everything he's saying because he does have these funny little like mannerisms or reactions to things. And yeah, he was really fun to watch. The beats. He, they yeah. have the comedic beats for these actors are just awesome. You just, mm-hmm. just perfect. Yeah. Anyway, his, uh, it also stars Barrett Patterson. She's in several Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. Um, she's 
done one of my favorites, which is Christmas Cottage, which surprisingly also stars the other movie's co-star, <laughs> Stephen Ludd. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm a huge Merritt fan. Are you a Merritt fan? I like her. I haven't, let's see, I didn't love chateau christmas but the one she was in the year before i really liked it was it called picture picture of perfect christmas yeah so i liked her in that one i she's someone that even if i don't love the movie i kind of root for her so it's she you know she always plays royals like the royal kind of thing like her and lacy are pretty much yeah they they, yeah you're right they are both in those kind of movies yep so anyway the other movie that i like with her is um, i don't remember the what the movie is called but i remember she was skating she was playing with she was acting on britney with britney bristow Mm -hmm. and it was it was a royal movie christmas movie again but um she like played a professional figure skater who like helped out. Yeah. Print. Okay. I've, I can't, I feel like I've seen that one, but I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. I, there are so many movies that fall. So. <laughs> no. oh. Anyway, um, Merritt plays Maya Owens and John Ecker plays Alejandro Casillo. They're both lawyers. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I love that they they um his Spanish eyes I guess I yeah. Spanish um name of Alejandro yes mm-hmm. but uh, it didn't get on my nerves so it it became romanticized to Alex yes sometimes <laughs> in the movie mm-hmm. I'm like it's Alejandro and stuff but anyway um. They're both lawyers, and Merritt is like a um, contracting lawyer, mm-hmm. and um, Alejandro is a acquisitions lawyer in New York, and um, Maya was asked to help Alejandro's tío, which is his uncle, uncle yeah. sell the family bakery, the family, the Casillas Paraderia, which is a Mexican bakery. And see, my Spanish is yeah. I was going to say, I had to turn on captions just so I could see how they were spelling this because I could not, I could not uh, remember it. Um, and, um, Alejandro comes back from New York to help also sell the bakery. And this Paraderia is famous for their magical gingerbread cookies. So the lore is that if somebody makes you a gingerbread cookie, especially for you, you make a wish and the wish comes true. But um, I guess since Tio's wife passed away, the wishes stopped coming true. So now he's ready to sell the panaderia. So many, I love this movie. This movie was awesome. What did you I thought it was really fun to watch and what I I thought there was a lot of really silly you know hallmark things in it which made it really fun to watch um so yeah and I I loved the um like the magic of it and the um the 
gingerbread component. I immediately the next day went and made gingerbread cookies. <laughs> the whole time we're in the movie, uh, I was some gingerbread. I know. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's time. I got to have one of these for myself. So, do you make your cookies? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, I haven't seen gingerbread cookies in the story yet, but yeah, I did make my own. <laughs> Oh my I don't. I don't even have a, a mixer. Oh really? <laughs> or a roller or anything like that. Oh man. Yeah, it would be faster. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but oh yeah, I I told Hallmark that um, I'm gonna gain like 15 pounds. <laughs> yeah every time I see the Christmas spread I'm like I gotta go eat something Christmassy or I've got to have hot chocolate or I've got to put whipped cream in it or whatever yeah it's bad gingerbread cookies (laughs) but you know the thing that made this movie unique I think is just the um calls to the Mexican culture yeah um which I have to say Hallmark did great with mm-hmm. and they did awesome with like you know uh respecting the culture but they really sucked on one thing the last posadas okay what Why did they put that ad right when they were at the door i mean it like we had um it they had the, the last posadas is sort of reenacting jesus uh, Mary and Joseph's mm-hmm. um, for a room to the inn or whatever. And these people would go door to door looking for a place to mm-hmm. stay. And everybody rejects them until like the last place, which is where the party is supposed to be, uh-huh. finally lets them in. But the, the scene where the people, the procession goes to the bakery to ask to be let in or whatever. They cover it with the uh, next stop Christmas app. That's right. That's so I did not know anything about that tradition. And I thought that they said Casadas, which would be like wedding, right? And I'm like, that's I can't I can't have heard that right. But I really I I liked learning about that whole tradition. That was something I didn't know about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was this is something I never heard of yeah. something unique that mm-hmm. it, I was it's unique to like Mexican culture yeah. not Hispanic culture or uh, whatever it's, it's not Catholic because I'm Catholic and I never did that yeah I was gonna say I I didn't ever I don't know any other Catholic people that do that so it does seem like it is a Mexican tradition but it's really cool it's like more intentional caroling so that I really like that yeah but why did you cover up the captions? <laughs> like, don't we don't know what was being said. And it's like, it I, kind of ruins the moment. I know. I'm like, Hallmark, let us just watch the movie that we're watching. We're going to watch the next one. I don't care what it's called. <laughs> we're we're going to be there. <laughs> I have these ads and watch I've been right at that moment. I know. And they're so big, it's ridiculous. I was so angry. And then yeah. they had 
I was just saying, I mean, I'm glad that they finally listened to all of us complaining about the ding. I know. That's right. <laughs> it was like immediate. That's funny. Let's just hope that, like, maybe I actually re re recorded this in a for at a later airing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time it aired again, mm-hmm. or whatever, to see if the ad would be gone the second time. But nope, another ad pops up at that exact moment. I'm sitting there going like, okay, do I have to re-record this again a third time? To hear it or to see it? <laughs> like, I need to know what they said. And if you can't tell me, what the, it's just crazy. But yeah. um, one of our group members is Spanish speaking. So she kind of told us uh, the gist of what they said, which was that uh, the procession was asking for permission to enter. You know, so he was saying mm-hmm. that he's pregnant with Jesus, the savior of the world, or uh, whatever. And the Tio, mm-hmm. the uncle, was like, yes, you could come in. We welcome mm-hmm. the savior, etc., etc. But it would have been nice to actually yes. you know, see the words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, the other topic that they talked about, which um, really touched me also, was immigration. Like a lot of the a lot of the pressures. um, Alejandro is, I guess, second generation. Yeah, I I couldn't. I think he's second generation, or he might be first. He's first might be the first ones born there. So that would be first generation. Yeah. But um, he said on there that he, his passion was, is cooking. Mm-hmm. He's really good at cooking. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good looking man. Who can he's cook. really good at <laughs> looking good while he cooks. The angry peace offering cookie making. Yes. Tea. Made me so hot. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was just mad that he threw away a bunch of good, perfectly good cookie dough in the garbage. <laughs> but um, he talked about, but he, instead of following his passion to be a chef or a baker like his uncle, he he became a lawyer. He mm-hmm. talked about pressures as a first generation or second generation immigrant to kind of um you know be a lawyer or mm-hmm. a doctor or whatever yes exactly kind of be proud of you and make this you know make live this american dream i guess you know yeah. every, mm-hmm. that all the immigrants come to the united states hoping right. for you right i thought i thought that was really interesting too because and I wrote about this in my re- recap. I'm like, I didn't, I obviously don't have that pressure, but I can see exactly what he's saying. This pressure of this is how, these are the types of jobs that the U S values. And so I will be, I'm going to choose one of those because merit or Maya is like, I, why didn't you just become a baker? And, and it's like, she totally doesn't understand because she lived in a house like probably a lot of us that was like, you can do whatever you want to be. You can study whatever you want in college. And, you know, Alejandro and so many others don't have that 
privilege yep. or don't have that opportunity. They have to pick something that can provide for their family or, you know. So. The uncle said, the uncle said to um, Alejandro, when they were decorating the tree, don't let them look at you. Yeah. Big, yeah. Like, make sure that they look at you as an equal. Mm -hmm. I noticed and, that. Wow, that is some in-depth. Yeah right there I know because and I I was cracking up though because I'm like I I don't know about the experience at like a big law firm but I'm like I'm sure that everyone in his position is just being treated not equally and very poorly <laughs> you're the lowest but, person on the totem pole but I will say that that conversation also steps from the fact that he's an immigrant exactly that's exactly yeah here's I, I, I come from, I am an immigrant. I was born in the Philippines. I came here when I was seven. And I remember um, when we were younger, my family stopped speaking in our native language. Oh, okay. And this mm -hmm. was, it was their fear of us being looked at as different, mm -hmm. or less than, I guess, mm -hmm. because we're not from here. Right. So I take that more as a, you know, you are not from the yeah. United States. Yeah. You know, they will never look at you really mm -hmm. as one of them. So you have to like work twice as hard to, for yeah. them to yeah. equally. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And that's why he was, and to think also sadly that his uncle thought being a baker was less than or. I know. You know yeah because Maya didn't see it she thought that like you sh these are all equally you know um great careers and you're talented at all of them but yeah for him and his experience it's like no because I think Tio says at some point I had to do this but you could do something different but but I am glad though that uh, Alejandro went with his passion you yeah, know, we we all benefit from that. <laughs> I he he actually did start making his gingerbread cookies for different mm -hmm. people and stuff like that. Before he started making the gingerbread cookies, his uncle was doing it, mm -hmm. and you know, he was the one who was doing the getting the wishes fulfilled. So when Alejandro was doing it, he was like, "Oh, don't make a wish; it's not going to happen." But it's, they were coming true. Yeah, yeah. they were. Mm -hmm. um, some of the wishes, some of the cookies that he made were um, a hockey, mm -hmm. hockey for his coworker. He mm -hmm. made a camera, camera. He made a yes. Cat. He made a cat. He also made a bakery cookie. Yes, for Jacques, and that yeah. came true too. Just not like what he thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tio's last cookie that he made for somebody was a red briefcase for Maya. Mm -hmm. Which we find out late at the end of the movie. Her wish was to get her life together. And I'm like, dude, so fine. Yeah, yeah get in line. <laughs> uh, we find out late that um, Jacques, really not Jacques, Alejandro is the one who has the red briefcase. Right. That was a that was a really cute twist because you that I didn't expect it to like 
kind of tie in like that. So here. <laughs> that was cool. I like that um, call back to mm-hmm. the beginning kind of thing. Yeah. But, God, I knew Alejandro was the cute, was the guy from the mm-hmm. beginning. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope he becomes a Hallmark regular because he was really great. I I will literally uh, yes, please, please. I mean, mm-hmm. I uh, I love Paul. I love Tyler. I love Andrew. I, you know, yeah. Um, all the you know guys that we mm-hmm. know so far, but add on John Ecker, please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to be one of the regulars for sure. We, we would very much appreciate that. <laughs> Man, that guy is good looking. Yeah. Oh. His dad is his dad is actually a Brazilian actor who oh. um, who was part of the telenovela scene. So, he, I mean, so he's I, got like telenovela looks. That, that makes sense. I'm imagining William Levy sort of thing. Yes. So, so the looks came from his mm-hmm. dad. <laughs> so yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what would if you got a gingerbread cookie? What would you want to wish for? What oh would you? God. And then what would you wish for? Okay. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. Um, I well, I feel like well. I'm trying to think if I should be really like sincere or think of something like I might ask for a cookie in the shape of a new car and then maybe some kind of new car would show up. (laughs) But I feel like I'm supposed to say like a cute, you know, house with like my happy family inside and everyone's safe and healthy. But, um, you know, new car would be pretty nice too. Like that, like a laptop shape. Yeah, yeah, you need a laptop <laughs> cookie. <laughs> Alejandro, can you come over and make me a laptop cookie? <laughs> <laughs> oh. But anyway, and then the other thing that they did was the Christmas games, which... Oh my gosh. <laughs> was so hilarious. It was. It was so funny. I am so glad I wasn't the only one who thought that, but they kept saying gingerbread um, course or whatever. It was like gingerbread. I did too. Because he said they were making, he had to cook gingerbread for the obstacle course. And I was like, what is this? I was like a life-size. Me too. that would have been fun actually I probably would have just stopped and taken off pieces and eaten my way through it that would have been great (laughs) but like how do you get the middle of the maze oh just eat your way through the wall (laughs) I just got like a cup of hot chocolate just taking my time and yeah that would have been fun (laughs) but that was fun though because they They just had to like complete the gingerbread house, decorate it, and yeah. whatever, and go down, bouncy, sit up, whatever. I was, I was actually really impressed at Merrick. I was like, man, she just like climbed up that thing, bounced down. All, I was, 
There's no way. I wonder how, I want to see the outtakes of that whole scene. Like how many <laughs> gingerbread houses did they have to make? <laughs> I had fun doing it yeah. too. That yeah. was so close. But yeah, that was a good, um, I wish that they would have said gingerbread house obstacle course. He said, yeah. Gingerbread yeah. What was going on through my head was not, what was going on through my head was not at all. <laughs> Same. That is exactly right. I feel like false advertisement. Yeah, I know. Oh my yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> anyway, um, how many stars would you give this movie? Out of out of five, um, yeah. I think I would give it. I think I'd give it a solid three. I feel like it was really fun to watch. I bet it's gonna end up in the middle of the pack for me. Is like you know for the rest of the season. Yeah. I like this movie. Um, I would probably give it three and a half. Mm. I think it was um, for all the, all the extra half. It's just Alejandro. Yeah. <laughs> um, Juju, uh, Alejandro definitely gives it up for the um, half, but also mm-hmm. I like the comedy. Yes, it, it was yeah. really yeah. And the banter between mm-hmm. Barrett and John, mm-hmm. I think um, I love the Mexican traditions that was put thrown in. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that they put an ad right then and going on. <laughs> yeah. But um, one thing that I said before when they were when they've done. Um, sort of when they did South Beach Love mm-hmm. one thing I was very critical of was that they did this whole thing about quinceañeras without actually explaining the yes. quinceañeras yes. mm-hmm. you know what, what's the deal with the doll what's the deal with the shoes no right. kind of, with this movie they actually did they actually explained yeah. what was going on with the Las Posadas so yeah. you're not going there going what the heck is going right. on you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, it was, it was, I think that they're doing a better job so far in the Christmas movies of being more intentional about the cultures, not just trying to like, you know, do surface level, uh, you know, lip service to it, just really trying to like, this is a story about a like Mexican Christmas tradition. So I, yeah, I, difference between South Beach love and this one as far as how they handled it like night and day. Oh yeah. They listened to my podcast so I was like, yeah. Is my- <laughs> yeah. Tell us what's happening here. I was uh, look- <laughs> but yeah, if they didn't tell you what was what a mm-hmm. last was what- Yeah, it would be you're like, what are they doing? And then you can't read what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, but because they tell you what it is, you're kind mm-hmm. of in the dark as to what it means or the importance of it. You would just think that it's a caroling yeah. down the door. Right. But because they to you what it was, you're like, oh, okay. no, yeah. Yeah. So, so that I 100% appreciate. And that mm-hmm. was so 
very much a positive yeah in, uh, co- comparison yeah. To, like south beach love which was just last month yeah <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> okay so now we are going to talk about movie number two which is going to be a cheer fest no! <laughs> i'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so um, the movie number two is Debbie McComber's uh, This is Miracle Christmas. Um, I I think this is the third of the Mrs. Miracle. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was third or fourth because Doris Roberts is in one with the first one, like James Vanderbeek. I know there's two of those, but I didn't know if there was a random third one in the mix. Mrs. Miracle's Christmas stars Caitlin Doubleday, um, who stars who plays Laurel, mm-hmm. Steve plays Will, Paula Nash, I love her, who she plays great. and Carolyn Ray, who plays Mrs. Merkel, um, Gloria Merkel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Caroline t- took over the role of Mrs. Miracle's. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Dolores. Doris, <laughs> I think Doris Roberts. Yeah, she played her in that. Yeah. Oh my god, Doris Roberts from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yep. Yeah. So like she's hilarious. Love yeah, her. She's so cute. Yeah. Rest in peace. I know, yeah. And mm-hmm. from anybody who several of the, the writer has said that Nina Wyman Swift has said that, you know, it, she re- she was the one who um Caroline was good friends with Doris. It was oh you know, pay honor to Doris, yeah. but also put her own twist to it. Yeah. So I love this movie. I'm gonna cry though. I know. Me too. I I was kind of joking with everyone. Like I I didn't know really what this movie was about. Um, I knew it was, I'd like the other Mrs. Miracle. And so all of a sudden we get into it and I'm like, oh, I didn't prepare for this. I am not ready. <laughs> I was like, I kept having to remember to take notes because I was just so into what was happening on the screen. So. Um, well, um, you and I are <laughs> on two opposite ends of the foster care system, which this movie talks a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a foster parent. I was a foster child. Um, um, I lived with my foster parents, my, my parents, mm-hmm. first years, you know, and I, mm-hmm. from when I was 11 to when I was 18. And wow. I, and I, and uh, my, the, it, it, I, I lived in three foster homes. My third foster home was my last foster home. Mm. But yeah, you are also a foster parent. How long yeah. have you been a foster parent? So we started fostering in, well, we took the classes in 2015, got our first placement August 2015, um, a boy who's 13 at the time. And then um, five months later, we had we got our other two placements our boys who were three weeks and two and a half. Um, but they, we adopted all three of them. So those were the only placements we, we had. So. 
Well, first of all, thank you for adopting an older foster child. It's such a, it's so hard to place old teens. Well, yeah. Well, so I, you know, I say we, we started the classes in, in May 24, April or May 2015. And we were, we were open to, we didn't have any kids in our house. We had two dogs and we, we were just open to whatever kids, you know, we didn't want to put any parameters on it. So, so we got called right away about a teen. So <laughs> yeah. They always have a hard time placing teens. Uh, I remember uh, like you know, a lot of the teenagers that I, that I saw with who were in a foster care system, they would, they, they ended up with like group homes kind of mm-hmm. thing situation not an actual family homes right kind of, and stuff like that and like just you know before we get into more into the foster care thing I'll, whew, uh this is emotional one okay hey. <laughs> this is hard because they like oh my god okay so laurel and will they they they're staying with uh, Laurel's Nana. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Nana um, has taken in Laurel twice, mm-hmm. I guess, in her lifetime. Once when she was younger and her dad abandoned her. Talk yeah. about worst dad of the year. I know. <laughs> Gosh. How, how, it's like, how do you do that to a six-year-old? I know. And then he was like, I I didn't know how to take care of a six-year-old after maybe well, don't drop off your at your mother in law. I know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and oh my god, I wanted to yank something at the TV when Mm -hmm. he came and said that stuff. I mean, here's the thing. And then he he went like remarried and had Had a whole family. Like what about his daughter that he left at six years old? <laughs> yeah, I know some of his apology in the middle of that movie. I'm like, uh, this isn't, you're not quite hitting it. <laughs> I feel like they got there, but I was like, oh boy, this is not good. She was more forgiving than I would have been. <laughs> just put it yeah. Because I'd have been like, you have a lot of like apologizing. Right. Especially the way he was like, I didn't know how to raise a six and a half year old. I'm like, figure it out, you're a dad. Yeah, exactly. Number two, that sounds like you're blaming me for you not right, figuring it out. Right. That's that's such a good point. It's like gaslighting 101 yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I I seriously blame the dad for her like abandonment. Yeah. Yeah, you could see like all the things that impacted her to get to why she was the way she was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We don't meet Steve, um, Will's family. So anyway, Will, Laurel had dealt with infertility. Um, she, they both tried IVF, which mm-hmm. never worked. So they became foster parents. Mm-hmm. And um, couple, 
the year before, because this mm -hmm. happened, um, they a child named Jonathan was placed in their home. It was he was a baby. That's when they also moved to Nana's house the mm -hmm. second time. Um, they were in the process of adopting when Jonathan's biological mom changed her mind and cleaned her act up together. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. wanted her son back. You know, and so uh, ever since that, Laurel has kind of like, you know, like, I don't want to foster anymore. I don't want to do this mm -hmm. anymore. And Will is more open to uh, signing up into foster care. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then Nana, husband just passed away right. in August, right? In December. Yeah, something recently, yeah. Yeah. She had hurt her wrist. We don't know. I don't yeah. remember. I didn't see. I don't remember how they, how she did either. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, part of Laurel and Will are, you know, working professionals. We don't know what Will does, but Laurel is a teacher. Mm -hmm. And she and they need to um, find a caregiver kind of thing, an mm -hmm. in-home caregiver for her to help her to help Nana out and like, you know, take her to places, mm -hmm. the house, cook, etc. And so they go to Caring Heart Angels, which was an agency that Laurel's co-worker suggested. And Caring Heart Angels at first was like, no, we don't have anybody. But Mrs. Merkel, Gloria Merkel, comes through, you know, ringing the doorbell and saying that she yeah. does. Yeah. So that's pretty much what happened in the movie. And Mrs. Merkel, <laughs> I have to say, Nana and Mrs. Merkel's scenes are my favorite. Yes, they were hilarious together. <laughs> they were when, so when Nana called. <laughs> yes, and she's like, the whole bit, she's like, she's snooping and she's like it's a spatula I found it it's yeah that was so funny I just I I uh, Laura was like I mean, I, I'll do a background check on her and do an FBI or whatever yeah was like I'm clean yeah yeah just like totally unruffled just happy-go-lucky that was so funny they were great that was so funny uh, yeah I, that was one of my favorites too it totally highlighted Caroline Ray's comedic timing. Yes, yes. I I think she. I, I haven't seen the old ones in a while, but I feel like Caroline added a lot more comedy to the character. Um, so because Doris's Doris's version of it, if I remember, is a little bit more grandmothery, and Caroline's is just. But anyways, yeah, she was great. I love this. Mm -hmm. I love that scene was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> she was on the phone. She's like, I'm gonna count sober before she leaves. It's like you have to yeah. <laughs> so good. <It's> so funny. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was awesome. Um, yeah, it was perfect. I would have loved to ask Caroline if like any of that was ad-libbed or anything. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I wonder if they let her, because yeah, she's like just, she's a comedian. She's probably had a lot of really funny instincts for that part. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, 
one of my, but, and also um, when Nana saw her car the first time, yeah, like, she's like, that's my husband's car. <laughs> yeah, and, and Gloria's like, oh, that's interesting. Like, it's not on purpose. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah. But yes, anyway, but I, I did love seeing them go, her, Nana go from like skeptical, like who's this person, mm -hmm. you, I don't like mm -hmm. you, I think, to like, oh, we're going to be singing. Hey, we're yeah. Gonna be <laughs> well, I like that she always knew that, that Gloria wasn't like just a person that showed up. Like she went from this person is up to something to like, this person is up to something and I'm on board with it um yeah. even she even knew she was an angel yeah like she I just love that she was so keyed in because Laurel and Will are like okay whatever you can think whatever you want but we're not even at the well maybe at the end they thought it they realized but yeah Nana knew right away yeah <laughs> that storyline with the whole home caregiver mm -hmm. giving the sense of independence but not Oh, yeah, had it. I understood on a personal level. Something. Yeah, well, I yeah, I like that because Gloria kind of gave her the permission to do the all the things she loved and hadn't felt like doing, and that was what got Nana kind of back to herself, which was really lovely. Yeah, I loved. I love seeing Nana change. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, you really could see her evolution as a character over the movie it was really cool but I did like skeptical Nana more I did too well she, she her character last year in five star Christmas was hilarious so that woman is just I, yeah I love her anytime she's in one of these she's, I've seen her in several movies now mm -hmm. I was in a movie uh, this year but I've tried to I forgot what movie that was but um, she's so hilarious. Mm -hmm. Love her. Mm -hmm. and such a great, great, uh, great actress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's Nana and Miss Merkle. The mm -hmm. other, um, also, we talked about Will and Laurel. Mm -hmm. for, um, I, I've never had to deal with infertility mm -hmm. you know I choose not to have kids mm -hmm. that's not because I can't have kids mm -hmm. but but I wonder is that like guilt thing um you know pretty common with people who have infertility issues because I feel like she had a lot of guilt with like I can't provide my husband what he really wants you know yeah I think so. And I'm sure it depends on the circumstances and of, of, you know, what exactly the issue is, but it seemed like for her, it was like, she had reached her like limit and he hadn't. And so I felt like that was more where she was coming from. Like, I feel guilty because I can't go any further and he was still open to it, but I'm sure that she felt I, it well. I thought it was also more of I, effort his yes. Kids, I think that's part of it too. Because I was thinking, but yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure that people 
depending on, you know, if it's both people or one, that that's, that is a common uh, feeling. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. something's well, like wrong with you, you know, or something, so. Yeah, that's why I have a huge issue with the idea that women are put on this earth to like procreate. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. What's that trying to say about women who can't? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you feel like that's the one thing you're supposed to be doing, yeah, it can, you could feel a ton of guilt. So, yeah. I can't even hear people like talk about labor stories. So, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> have to go through that. So, I have never had kids. I don't ever want to have kids, but I, I, I do have to say though, I did grow up watching the foster parent mm. because foster parent was so my foster parents were so great. I was like, I want to do that for somebody else and stuff like that. But then I realized how hard it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daddy. Right. Anyway, um, so that is, and then, um, so like I said, Kara, um, Laurel and Will were foster parents at mm -hmm. first, but they stopped being foster parents. But he actually, when the social worker suggested to him, you know, why don't you be foster parent again? He was like, sure, sign us up, which was like, no, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, right. Why? That, right. I mean, that, that tell you. Well, and, and she just and she just like stopped him on the street, and he's like, I I had a lot of problems with that moment because he's like, so, it was supposed to be this very dramatic moment, and he's like, sign us up for newborns, and I'm like, oh, okay, good job, Will. <laughs> like the least needed thing. Or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, and, and Nancy's going, we have a huge need for foster parents right now because it's the holidays and all of that. And he's like, let me just get on the list for like the least needed thing. I'll do that much. Like, I, I, I know. Mm -hmm. I know. They get me on that one either. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. So, um, they, when Laurel gets a phone call from the social worker mm -hmm. that husband's talking to foster parent and we have a six-week-old baby. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah. I'm like, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Like, what a way to find out. Like, we'll just... It's one of those classic Hallmark things where they're like, well, I was trying to tell you, but not really that hard. So no wonder you had to find out this way. Unless you talk to your wife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that was just like oh. bad. Yep. <laughs> yep. Big time. Yep. Bad husband. Yeah. Anyway. So like they they go through a separation, even though I would really call it separation. I would like call it, go sleep in your best friend's house. Yeah, I think it was just one <laughs> night because he makes this comment like he's done five tea parties in twelve hours. So I think it was just overnight. He's <laughs> <laughs> with the boa and the hat. I, I know. Mean, who do we have to talk to to get him to do that more? 
I know I was I was dying I was like this I feel like that's like every guy that gets roped into tea party has to go all the way so definitely does he have kids does Steve Ludd have- I don't know I haven't I haven't looked him up too much I wonder if he does I love I love him I love mm-hmm. him with yeah he's cute oh my god he's so mm-hmm. good I love him with uh, Merritt. It's just my favorite co-star with him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, Caitlin might be beating her though. <laughs> yeah. This movie is so great. I know. She was really good. Every, they all were really, really good. Yeah. And so he goes, well, she comes back and like forgives him. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I was saying. The candlelight mass. Mm-hmm. We find this is um, one of the students that uh, Laurel was teaching. We found we she finds out that night was a foster child mm-hmm. that had been adopted. Mm-hmm. She had, she was placed into the foster home like six years old or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The adoption just went through or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's when the parents told, the moms told um, Laurel and Will, hey, why don't you not just look for a yeah. newborn, but mm-hmm. actually older uh, kids, yeah. And they also had older foster kids as well that were newborn yeah. placed into their home as well. So um, I want to talk about this because really, really pissed this really pissed me off. First of all, thank you, Hallmark, for like having throw in a lesbian couple without like actually warning people that there'll be a lesbian couple because a lot of people that were on my page pissed off about that. Number one. <laughs> no, no, and I like seeing them be pissed off because I'm like, haha, you're just you're too tall. <laughs> secondly, um, I saw somebody talking. I, I I had someone comment to me about how gay people should not be able to adopt. And I think like, like how horrible of a thought process you got mm-hmm. to be that you would rather a child be in an orphanage, not living in the um, loving uh-huh, home, yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. just because the people that are willing to adopt them are gay. Right. Right. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about the need of, you know, there's so many kids that need homes and um, sibling groups and older kids, like there's such a need for just people to love them. And yeah. And some, you know, I, we actually, we got called, um, one of our first calls was for a teen girl who had had some like an, a history of like being abused and my husband was going to be the one home with her most of the time so we ended up having to say no because you know we didn't want her to feel uncomfortable um in our home and so sometimes yeah kids need to just be in a home with a mom or you know not have it you know a male in the home or whatever so um yeah well, thank you for like about that. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So, you guys, if you be, don't be afraid of teenagers. 
Yeah. It's, you know, don't, don't just look for newborns. Newborns are cute. They're adorable. They're sweet. Oh, whatever. But, but they're throw, hard. <laughs> they're they're hard. Yeah. Anyway, um, so finally, at the end of the movie, the social worker calls back home and will and say, we have a six-year-old girl whose parents just passed away. She doesn't have a home. She needs a new home. And the little girl's name is Kelly, which also yes. was which also was Laurel's mom's name. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, fate. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't cry at all at that scene. And <laughs> <laughs> uh. we're like, yes, we'll take her. All we need to do is go shopping for a bed. Yeah. That's actually, that was, that was our experience with, um, our two little boys. Like when we, we became foster parents, we got like a bunk bed and we didn't know we got like teal everything. Cause we didn't know what, you know, if we'd get boys or girls, but when they called us about the little boys, I was like, okay, well, what kind of things does that age group need? So we, yeah, we didn't have the right kind of beds. We didn't have the right kind of equipment. No, so, no. <laughs> no, we were scrambling. So, well, when, in my first foster home, they had to put a bed together for me <laughs> because it was just like brand new kind of thing and stuff. They were, I remember like the, the first day of me being at their place was us like putting the bed together. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so hard to like be a little bit prepared and then be like okay now I have the the age then the the kid in mind now I've got to scramble and get all the stuff for that person specifically yeah and all the, the foods too yeah yeah <laughs> that was that was something when the weekend we got our um our our oldest son we just went to the grocery store with him and we're like okay you let's get everything and yeah it's weird how you remember after all these years yeah that became our first night with our son became like a tradition in our family so we got um he said his favorite food was like well I think he said like all things Asian but we had like Mongolian barbecue restaurants you know where you like so that so we went there for dinner and then got froyo so that was like our thing every year Oh, for like the anniversary of like yep. eighteen. So yeah. Sweet. So it lined up really close to like his final adoption day too. So it kind of worked out to like celebrate it all. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. But yeah, so they went and get Kelly, and um, three years later, we see Kelly, we meet mm-hmm. Kelly. Like she's Asian. Yeah. And actually, if she's supposed to be nine, I, I was like, man, she's the tallest nine-year-old girl I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. But so adorable. And mm-hmm. I, I guess adopted a second baby. I know. Yeah. That's I, my husband actually stayed awake and watched this whole movie. And I was like, do you think they like had a biological kid or they just adopted another one? Um, but yeah, cause that one seemed like it might've like, he might've looked more like them but I'm gonna guess that they adopted another one that that's the great that's a great thing though because mm-hmm. 
you realize that you, if that baby was biologically theirs, they didn't treat him differently. Exactly. Kelly wasn't treated any differently. Yep. So they were just was, a family. Yeah, there's no distinction. Mm-hmm. How's supposed to be? There's, no, yeah. there's really no distinction between biological or yes and i love that nana was they were all still in the house together they all had matching pajamas it was so cute yeah and mrs Merkel went to the next a, house a single dad with look like i was gonna say like two babies in his i, I want to watch that movie because he looked like he needed some help i would love to see that story <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can we stop with the tab for them to come home and go? And yeah, do them? more of these. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, oof, I love, I did not cry. I, was I know. Crazy. I got close, but yeah, I was like trying to hold it in. Yeah. Um, how many stars? give this one oh I think I'm gonna give it five stars because I really loved it I was like an unexpectedly so but I loved it I love I would probably also give it this one that many stars I think this was like a perfect blend of comedy and mm-hmm. drama and like you know deep storyline yeah lightheartedness also mm-hmm. so you were crying the whole time but you were right also- and I, I felt like, you know, like I said, I, I was nervous at first that they would, you know, they just wanted babies. And then at the end that that's what they would get. And I really liked that they took them on this journey of like, because I think that's true of a lot of people that get to the place of going, well, you know, we could quote, like just adopt and they look at the baby they just think they think so narrowly about well you start at the very beginning right and they went yeah. on this journey to go no this is the child that needs us or this is the child that you know came to our family and we're open to that at the end and it was you know just a like a beautiful story for them yeah so help the family heal yeah so i i i ended up really liking how they portrayed being a foster parent and yeah. and that journey yeah same here i loved it um <sighs> i i i hate crying me too me too <laughs> <sighs> but that definitely when um you know Ke- when kelly when kelly came home and they yeah. talked about and they talked about you know everything it was just mm-hmm. like, but um, I do want to talk about Mercy did you think that Mercy was Miss Merkel's daughter yes I was so that was one part of the story that I I was like so are they both dead now and they can work together because she was the, the, like the receptionist and and then in the church when she's singing Gloria is like acknowledging her so that's what I was thinking also she was the um jewelry. Uh, yeah so the jewelry store yep so she was I'm that's what I was thinking is that Gloria and her reconnected after she died and now they're both angels and working together 
but yeah, I, that's I would that would be a fun sequel to it. So yes, see them together and hear more about. Yes, I would have. I would like that. Yeah, that would be fun. I I wondered if this is based on an actual book, like a Mrs. Miracle books in the series. There, if they explain it, there's a book based. There is a book with this title. I just don't know how far yeah. it has. I haven't read it, so I wouldn't know how far off the book it, right. the movie is. Mm-hmm. I can tell you how far off South Beach Love is. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yes, no, no, um, the, I might want to read this. Just yeah, to see. if there's this story, I definitely want to read the book. But I also would not. I also would be terrified because the movie is so good. I would be terrified to read the book and, and then like, be mad. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, do you want to plug in your blog? Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Hallmarks the Spot and then my blog where I do recaps of at least all the Christmas movies and a lot of the other ones throughout the year is hallmarksthespot.com. Yep. And then um, November is National Epilepsy Month. Uh, I will be posting a link to epilepsy.com so you guys can donate to the cause or whatever. Um, also, again, we have a Facebook group that Callie is also in. Mm-hmm. We have fun. It's, yeah, I'm so glad you made it. It's such a good group. I Yeah, I feel like it's... Um, a group that's needed because a lot of the Hallmark groups have stifled a lot of voices when it comes to diversity and stuff yeah. like that. So um, anyway, come join us on the Hallmark Movie Fans for Diversity group. I keep thinking about changing the name, but then when I think about changing it, I'm like, to what though? Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty clear what it is in the description. I think it's good. But anyway, um, but yeah, go, go join. I will also post the link in the bottom. Okay, so see you guys in a couple of days where um, Kayla will be back and we will be talking about Christmas treasure and next top Christmas. Thanks, Callie, for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.